0: Hello and welcome to the Best Friends Fan Cast. We are an Allison Rosen fan podcast. Your regular host, Lisa, is very busy doing something. Uh, so I'm your host, Raphael. And to make up for the fact that you have to hear me blathering, I have tried to get some great guests, and I got one that's okay. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding, and I feel bad that I said that. I have gotten my favorite person... Not in the world, in the universe. <laughs> super fan Megan.
1: Hello, my little sonograms. How are you? <laughs> um,
0: I am super excited to have you on, but I do have to, like, full disclosure. I was trying to have Ashley Bloodworth on, and we actually did record for almost two hours. And because I'm a stupid dum-dum... My shitty, stupid software did not fucking record it. Even though it said it was recording, I'm so, so sorry, Ashley, that I wasted your time. And I'm so sorry to all the fans who don't get to listen because I think it was actually a really good episode. But like Ashley told me, this is just more reason to have her back on. Uh, hopefully, Do you want to be...
1: summarize some of the things you talked about?
0: Um, we talked about the Monday show and the Thursday show. We talked about Texas, we talked about rap music, we talked about records, we talked about her pets, which are actually my pets. We talked about a lot of stuff. It was a great episode, and again, I am so sorry. I feel terrible. But moving on from that, I'm really trying to salvage the day, and I have no doubt that with Megan, we can do that.
1: I did have a half glass of wine, so anything's possible.
0: Which is like three or four for for you, like a for, normal person right. is like Yeah, nothing. I feel
1: like Jay Inslee um, is encouraging me because he commented on the podcast that we did um, at PodFest that like, oh, Megan's coming out of her shell. And I was like, shit, that means I'm in my shell when I'm not drinking and I... And I wanna be out of it. So here I am, Jay. This is for you.
0: I think you gotta pour another one.
1: No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or maybe <laughs> that pop, wouldn't be good. Pop your sleeping pill while you're at it.
1: That's to come.
0: Okay. Um
1: so Rafi is wearing his super cool t shirt, by the way. I was about to change my shirt when I came home and then I didn't, but I but it's here and it and I wear it to bed. I, I have not washed it yet. It's a little big. So I've been wearing the uh, shirt famously mentioned on the Podfest episode for pajamas. Because it's a little big right now. But if, i got to wash it. Yeah, it if shrink. you
0: wash it, it'll shrink. Because I gave you a medium and I'm also wearing a medium right now. And it shrunk just a little. So now I'm like, I'm feeling fat. <laughs> and by the way, I I've literally worn one other shirt other than one of these designs, since I got back from PodFest. I fucking love this shirt. Oh my god. So I have three of them. Okay, so I have the the good one that I wore to the show, and I have two that were, like, misprinted, but they look really cool because it looks kind of intentional. And so I've been wearing those three, like, in in just, like, revolutions. That's not... In a cycle of those three.
1: Rotations. We're here to talk... (laughs)
0: <laughs> about Allison Rosen's podcast. Let me. This is off the fucking rails already. T- today we'll be talking about the Monday, October tenth episode, Kulap cool Vilaysack returns, and Thursday, October thirteenth episode, Greg's whereabouts, Allison's Cirque du Soleil obsession, Jenna's Nutcrackers. Um. So right away on the Monday episode, she mentions coming out of uh, the Sofitel during uh, after Podfest, and who did she see rolling up in a bitchin' muscle car but kulop and now i am obsessed with people's cars so i want to know what kind of car she drives and i also want to know what daniel drives but you can't ask these kind of questions without seeming like a creepo and i should have done it in person but i was like too busy showing off my shirt to them but um Kulap said that she's done a lot of personal work to have the confidence, you know, to like, she said, Allison said that she like walked up like super confident, hair like blowing. And I was just thinking, I kind of uh, have suffered from that. And like, like I told you, I do want to get into therapy. But like when she said that she has done a lot of work to be able to like take up space in a room, that like really kind of struck a chord with me because I felt the same way.
1: So the only... So the vision I had of this all unfolding, which Allison was uh, was creating a very visual example of how this looked, I imagined a Challenger because that's the only muscle car that like I have a vivid picture of. Unless you're thinking like the Death Proof car, but I don't actually I don't know if you've seen that movie. Um, but I wouldn't. I don't know what kind of car that actually is. Um, but, yeah, I get, like, I think I'm understanding the work that she probably did, which was, like, I feel like I felt like this when I had my social anxiety, which is that, like, my, the person who I am inside is someone with, like, a bigger personality than than what I'm comfortable with putting out there, so I think part of it is probably just, you know, being comfortable with who you are and and not being afraid to expel that out to people but yay her for being hot stuff
0: (laughs) it's you know it's funny that you mentioned the challenger because i didn't even think of that for some reason the first
1: thing i thought of i thought of a black challenger with possibly two red racing stripes
0: Um so I just googled it and the car from Death Proof there are two there's a 69 Nova and an or sorry a 70 Nova and a 69 Charger which uh they kind of look similar if you don't like aren't super into cars but yeah it could be the new Challenger you're super dead on with that I bet that's probably what it is and so then they kind of talked about Earwolf being owned by Scripps and the only place I know that name from is from newspapers. And I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel like it's like podcasting, even though it's been around for like 10 or so years now, maybe a little more, it's kind of shocking that like these big companies are getting into it now and it kind of feels gross to me.
1: Uh, yeah, I know Scripps from the spelling bee, first of all. Um, but yeah, like I had, I've been listening to Gimlet. I don't know if anybody else out there listens to Gimlet. I don't know if you ever listened to it, Rafi, but I just listened to Reply All at work today. And I, season two of Startup just started. And when I really realized, like, that it could potentially become really corporate was when they got Ford to sponsor the show. And I was like, what? Fucking what? Um, and now, like, some of the b- biggest stars have their own podcasts. And, and yeah, I thought a little bit about, like, how to Al- – like, just putting myself in Alice- Allison's shoes, who was, like, more on the base level, like the grassroots level. Even though it had been around still for quite a few years before, I feel like it really took four or five years to really start catching on. And to build an audience, like, I had started to wonder if she's concerned that, like, fucking Angelina Jolie and all these A-list stars are going to get podcasts, and, because she's been on the top of the charts, and I feel like if if that were me, I would feel a little bit nervous about, like, these big productions coming into that space, because, yeah, it's like the little underdog movement. It's like this little place that it feels like it's yours, so that would suck if it turned you know if it uh what's the word i want to say evolution that's like uh evolved into like fucking cb what cbs abc fox and like network television is eventually
0: yeah and um i mean it it's super weird because i was listening to podcasts before they were technically called podcasts and um i don't like, I don't think of myself as a nerd, but when I, but when I mention stuff like the Watch podcast I listened to or this podcast that I used to listen to back in, like, 06, which was called, uh, it was Lil Laporte. And he has, like, a series of shows called This Week in Tech. And it was all about Apple and Apple News. So, like, whenever they released a new, you know, fucking whatever the fuck, and MacBook, they would, like, talk about it. And it was, it was super nerdy. I mean, but, um, so like I've been listening to it forever and I mean, we want them to make money, but for some reason it just feels weird to me. It doesn't feel right that these companies are like coming in and they're like trying to make a thing out of it. But I think we can blame like serial or blame, uh, like serial and like Marin having Obama on, like I think that exposed podcasting to like a whole new, group of people who would have never known about this
1: right yeah it's gonna be interesting to see how that plays out i fear that it's gonna become mainstream and i've thought about that a lot especially with like allison developed like this is i guess straying away from talking about podcasts but about podcasters like growing and becoming mainstream i i've thought about how allison's trying to get it on tv and like fingers crossed of course she does get her television show but like If Allison had, like, you know, 100 million followers on Twitter, it'd be like, oh.
0: Yeah, it would lose something, right?
1: Yeah, it's like, she's ours. Like, it feels like something we actually, it's palpable to us. And she's accessible to us. And I feel like that gets lost when you become, you know, the people that she wants to become. Which is, like, Amy Poehler and all these mainstream, like you know, A-list named people, which she so deserves to be that. But at the same time, it's like, but you're my Allison.
0: <laughs> well, I think fortunately we have like, I think she knows, she has a certain kind of connection with her fans. Like, I don't know if like, like Marin, he doesn't have a fan podcast, you know? So I feel right. like with her, I think we're kind of safe. Cause she's like, she's always been so involved with her fans, but um. Yeah, hopefully she makes a ton of money and still remains super down-to-earth and accessible to us.
1: Yeah. I mean, either way, I think, like, at least she knows us, so she'll remember us. As (laughs) for the people coming in, if her show gets really big, like, I feel like future fans might be in a spot where maybe they will not be seen as much, just because there is going to be so much attention pouring in from all directions. Which, by the way, I want to know what the fuck is happening with that. And they said the early, I remember when they're talking about the TV show, they said the earliest they would know is November. So that would, like, news should be coming in with, like, in a couple months as to what's actually going on with that.
0: Yeah. I mean, hopefully it gets picked up because I want to see it.
1: I want to see that shit. Can I mention something, too, that I'm not sure is going to fit into anything else we're going to be talking about that I don't know if you saw yet? because you you were places but have you seen what she posted about an hour ago on facebook
0: no what did she post
1: She, she so she posted a picture of her baby bump like the best baby bump picture that we've gotten and it says i could feel him moving while i was taking the shot also please enjoy my messy bathroom and unfortunate maternity jeans seam hashtag 24 weeks she felt the baby move
0: that is great
1: it's awesome it's an awesome picture too of her prego
0: i okay, I can easily see it here on uh Instagram. So go there okay. if because Facebook is a garbage pile.
1: No, Facebook's awesome. Support yeah, it.
0: This is great. I wonder if that's the famous clock that was broken in her bathroom for a long time.
1: <gasps> Whoa, that's such a good point. Well but she see, she posted this oh yeah, so she posted this an hour ago. It says it was a little after six thirty. Yeah, she got the clock fixed.
0: Oh, no, that was years ago, Megan. Of course she did. Oh, that did they like, end up fixing it? That's like when she was still engaged.
1: Yeah, I forgot if they... Like, I remember it being Clockwatch, but I don't remember the resolution. I just remember that it was Clockwatch.
0: watch. Right. Um, yeah, you really had me worried there for a second. Um, oh, I didn't
1: mean to worry you. No,
0: that's fine. Um, getting back to the Monday show... So Kulop created a show called Bajillion Dollar Properties. Do you watch the show or do you watch any of the shows that it is parodying?
1: I didn't watch this show. So when I got CISO, I got it for Take My Wife because I love Cameron Esposito and rallied for her to get on the show along with Rafi. So I was very happy about that. Um, So I wish I would have watched it when I had the trial. Um but I don't think I've ever seen the shows that it's parroting, but I kind of have a good idea of what it would be. Um but yeah I I can't say much about that because I have not seen it. Have you seen it? Do, have you tried CISO yet?
0: I, I got CISO for the uh not wild horses. Um the pistol shrimps do you know who they are? Of course you do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, they they have a movie And I got it for that. And then there was like nothing else at the time that was like really interesting to me. I kind of do want to watch this show because I do watch Million Dollar Listing. I've mentioned it before. I only watch it because it's like house and apartment porn. But when they're like, I can't believe he screwed me out of that deal. I'm like, who cares? But the the show is like just... I don't know. Maybe I am more of a nerd than I think, but I'm like, I want to see these like $20 million houses. You know what I mean? Like that's interesting to me. And then also, yeah, I
1: watched, I watched Cribs, so I probably like it.
0: <laughs> right. Exactly. Same it thing. Mm-hmm. And also I watch it to watch watches. Like these guys all have Audemars Piguet's and I'm like, you don't even know why what, what you don't know what you're wearing. Like you're a terrible person and you don't deserve any of this. <laughs> um but have you ever do you, so they mentioned quickly uh open houses like did do you have you ever gone to an open house do you just like walk in and enjoy their free sandwiches and free drinks or whatever
1: uh fuck no i have not i've never been in position to open a house i went with my mom once because she's a real estate agent so i went with her to like set up for one
0: did you um, just bake cookies to make people feel like they're at home
1: m- my mom would did not do that no um but she's lame as well. Um, but yeah, I think it sounds exciting. Like if I if I was in the if I wasn't in L.A. and I was making what I was making, I could actually probably look for houses. But L.A. is impossible to ever get a house in. Um, so I feel like if I did it now, it would just be like, oh, look at this stuff I'll never have. That's awesome. So it wouldn't be any fun, but it it sounds like it'd be fucking tight. Cause I also kind of like, I don't know how many times you've moved, but I kind of like the process of finding a new apartment. All of the moving is a pain in the ass, but like going into the spaces and like imagining how everything will look. Um, I like that. So yes, I would like to do that.
0: Coolop directed, uh, as we know from the last time she was on, she's directing a movie called origin story it's a documentary of her finding her father in Laos, and I don't know um, when this is coming out, but I'm dying to see it because this sounds pretty fascinating to me.
1: Uh, last time she was on this show, I reached out to her afterwards and basically asked, like, told her, yo, I heard you. I work in this kind of stuff. <laughs> Let me in on it. But she never got back to me.
0: Did you like list your resume to her, or were you just like I listened to this show and you were on it, and I do this (laughs) work with you? I'm sure I gave
1: her my yeah, I'm sure I gave her my creds because by then I worked on a couple documentaries.
0: Okay, um, well, the reason that I'm like uh so interested in seeing this, I mean, aside from the fact that I think she's like funny and interesting, and this is like I think would be a good story, but. I think, like, I can kind of relate to some of the stuff with her dad. Because even though my dad was, like, in my life, he was just kind of, you know, around. And also he kind of, I wouldn't say he has a gambling problem, but also he doesn't not have a gambling problem. (laughs) (laughs) He, like, so I've said this to you and, like, to people, like, our family outings on the weekend would be, like, we'd go to a dog track. And that's where I met the Simpsons, which for some reason, Megan doesn't believe me. Um, I got a free shirt from Bart. I met Homer. Like, they were there. And anyway, like, and it's funny because the dog track that we used to go to, the main one, was in Commerce City. And it's, like, right by where I work now. And it's gone. They just leveled it. And it was, like, big. And it was actually kind of cool for a kid because, like, you can, like, go... And watch where they, like, walk the dogs around and they, like, poop and shit before the race, you know? So you could just, like, go and, like, watch them, w- watch the greyhounds. And then inside was, like, arcades and nachos. Like, what more could a child ask oh, for? Oh,
1: sweet. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but but then, like, when, if you, like, if, I don't know, seeing it, like like, now imagining it, I'm like, oh, I'm hanging out with a bunch of degenerates who, like, spill Budweiser on the ground and then... I'm, like, trying to play there. Like, that's not a place for a kid. You know what I mean?
1: You know what? It's funny because I forgot about the dog track part of your childhood, but I was thinking about you when she was talking about her dad, um, just in relation to the fact, and this is your private biz, so, like, edit this out, obviously, if you want, but how you talk a little bit about how you kind of need to, like, manage your dad's shit. And he he sort of needs you to be responsible for certain parts of his life. And I, you know, I, it's not the same, I guess, as like asking you for money to buy a house or anything, but in the same way as like, I can't relate at all to like a parent depending or like asking something of the kid. Like that's not how I grew up at all. And my dad even with things that I like legitimately like I've borrowed money from my parents and I've borrowed money from my dad and I've made attempts to repay him and he just won't take it. Like he, I cannot imagine my parents expecting something from me, like especially financially. Um, and, but yeah, I thought of, I thought of you when Kill was telling her story. Cause I'm like, Oh, like Raphael has to, you know, you never went into well, yeah, you've kind of went into detail about like what role you play with how you, like the kind of stuff that you have to to take care of for him, but that's just not relatable for me.
0: I've I've said that to you. I don't think I've really said much about it on on here, but yeah, that wasn't the part that got me. Uh, because the part that did get me is that there has been money stuff as well. So, mm-hmm. like, obviously, I can't afford a house for myself. So, if he thinks he's getting a house out of me, he's badly mistaken. But. Um, there has been money stuff and me and my sister talk about it all the time. And that's why I mentioned he kind of has a gambling problem, but, um, and I know Kulop said that her mom is a gambling addict as well. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, that's the kind of the stuff that I related to, but also when she, she said, um, you know, when you lift rocks up, it's dark under there, there's like some dark stuff. And I thought, Like, I think partly that's kind of why I don't want to get close to my dad because, like, that stuff is still there and I'd rather just keep it out of sight and out of mind. And now, like I've told you, our relationship is very business-like. Like, like I'm an assistant or something. And that's kind of how we keep it, which is kind of sad, but, I mean, what can you do?
1: Can I ask you if you've heard her... I think she had two episodes of Mental Illness Happy Hour.
0: So this is, I should stop mentioning that I mentioned this with Ashley, but I think that Mental Illness Happy Hour and Alison Rosen's podcast go very well together because they do talk a lot about emotions and trauma and your childhood. And I mentioned that Kulop has a great episode where you like hear about her upbringing and her mom being kind of abusive. And I just think, and like Allison's been on Paul's show and Paul's been on her show and i think these shows just go really well together and if you don't listen to to the other one you definitely should and i think it's about time that they get back on each other's shows or something cuz they're both great and but yeah i i did listen to Coolops um it was it was a great episode and i can't uh recommend it enough if you liked her on here
1: um so this thinking about listening to cool up sprung up, like maybe like a just me or every fan thing, or just me or every podcast listener. And I can't remember if I talked to you about this Rafi, but the first episode of Mel and this happy hour that cool up was on. I remember what road trip I was on. Cause I was out traveling for my doc down to Dallas for the first time. Um, and the guy who I visited worked in a watch factory. It's true. Made watches. mm mm-hmm. um, So I'm curious. And there's other instances of this, especially with, like, the Adam Carolla show back in the day and stuff. Like, I specifically remember when I decided to stop. Like, we needed a break for a couple weeks because he said something really fucked up about gay people. And I remember where I was. Like, I, even the exit I was getting off of and what I was doing. So I'm curious if you remember stuff like that when you're listening to podcasts, if like if I named an episode, clearly not with every episode, because sometimes it's just like, yeah, I was at my house doing whatever. But like, is there certain episodes where you're like, oh, yeah, I remember I was here doing this thing?
0: There are, but also because I've listened to them multiple times now. Like, I feel like I don't I don't know if there's one episode that I haven't heard more than once. Like, I listen to them all multiple times because either I run out of something to listen to and I'm like, oh, let me just go back to old eps. But for sure, there have been times where I'm like, oh, I remember the the first time I listened to this and, you know, I was doing whatever. But usually it's like, oh, yeah, I was at work and I was miserable.
1: So, for instance, the episode where she announced her engagement to Daniel, do you remember where you were? When you listen to that?
0: I don't.
1: How dare you? Yeah. Well, I Wear that I, shirt.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, maybe if you jog my memory, because also I do have terrible memory, which like what were what else was well, going on?
1: I think it was at the front of a Monday episode. I I don't think this is right, but I want to say it was Greg Fitzsimmons, who was the guest I could be wrong I could be like melding a few like a couple episodes together but it it was at the beginning of a Monday episode she was she just uh went over the story of her engagement with Daniel and you've heard her tell the story before we know what her engagement story is but I remember I was in the um kitchen and I know I was living in Long Beach and I've moved so much that like I can align like episodes with places that I've that I've lived, or like where I was working and stuff. So it's like kind of a blast from the past kind of thing. But yeah, you, you're telling me like to recall it, and I just know it was at the front of a Monday episode because at the time I think they were still doing like there was no Thursday episode. They were just doing like two two parter Monday episodes per week. Um, but yeah, I should go back and see if I'm right, if it was Greg who was the guest.
0: I've been doing the same thing, that I'll go back, and now if something does happen, like the first time Greg came on, uh, stuff like that, I will write down the dates, just because I'm a weirdo like that, (laughs) but um, yeah. Okay, and then Kulop mentioned that the last time she was on, um, I guess was pretty recent, after her miscarriage, and you know for a while she didn't know if she wanted to have kids, um, but I guess now she's back to realizing that she eventually does want kids. Um, the, I, I don't know if I want kids cause like Greg talked about on Thursday, I feel like I live a pretty selfish life, but, and I, it's probably very different for you, but how do you feel about kids?
1: No kids. I was wondering if you are going to bring this up, because I was kind of curious to hear what your answer was. And I don't think it was at the front of a Monday episode with Greg Fitzsimmons. I think I was wrong, because I just looked. Um, But I I realized the moment I do remember with Greg Fitzsimmons in my kitchen is him putting pencils up his butt. So I feel like I'm confusing a moment in my kitchen in the same place with... uh, with, Yeah, I'm melding those together. Um, I don't want kids. I had thought that I wanted kids... When I was young and in love, and I was engaged, speaking of engagement, to a gal uh, back in the Wisconsin, uh, and up until I would say it, I moved out here and started pursuing my dreams, I was willing to give up my dreams, because I thought better than any dream I had would be to like have some little Megans and have just this domestic lesbian life. Um, but the more I got my heart broken, the more I realized, oh, wow, you can think that some like stuff, you can be totally convinced that like this person is the one and that you're going to be together forever and all this stuff. And that is, you know, that kind of doesn't matter because life is going to unfold as it does and you won't necessarily be with that person anymore anymore. And why the fuck, if that's the case, would I ever want to have a kid? Because the worst thing I can possibly imagine, and no offense to anybody who's out there divorced raising kids, because I'm not saying, like, it's you're bad people or anything, or that, like, you know, I just think that when I think about being, like, a divorced person with kids, I'm like, that just is, like, the most devastating thing I can think of, um, so, just because of the fleetingness of the my love life, um, and I, I'm not confident in keeping the fams together.
0: Now, you mentioned this to me, I think, last time I was there, which feels like it was a week ago, but I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't ask about who you were engaged to.
1: What do you want to know?
0: Well, so... I don't know if everyone else has listened to your Mental Illness Happy Hour episodes, but you mentioned that you had, like, your first girlfriend. Is that the one that you met on Craigslist?
1: I was not engaged to that person.
0: Okay. So it yeah. wasn't her. So where did you no, no, meet was, this, this girl that you were engaged to?
1: Oh, this is lovely that I get to share this. It was MySpace, baby. Back in the day, she, she um... Her name was Maria... She was another long-distance relash. Uh, she lived in Wausau, Wisconsin, which was, going to guess, like, three and a half hours away. And I was her first girlfriend, and she pursued me on the space. And um, I don't know how her parents thought we met, or I can't remember, but it essentially led to my, like, pretending like we were just friends and, like, having weekend sleepovers. Um, And she lived with her parents, so that was weird, because we'd be, you know, being girlfriends, like, in the room next to them all night. Um, So, uh, anywho, um, yeah, so after about six months of dating, she proposed to me, and then... We were together, and we moved in together. We got a dog together. David, my pug terrier. Miss him. Um, And then she cheated on me. And then we broke up. Fucking Uh, bitch.
0: (laughs) I really wish I was there right now, Megan.
1: (laughs) You know what, though? It's, It's okay. Like, I've thought about that relationship a lot, and I think that the way she pursued me like i f- she made me feel like i was really really loved and cherished and um i realize looking back that i did not truly love her i loved i think how i think i loved how she loved me um so it's good that it didn't turn out and it's and, and you know she's the one who cheated on me you think i would have no reason to feel bad but i actually feel bad that i think maybe she recognized that I didn't truly love her um, because sometimes she would like talk about stuff that I didn't care about and I would like zone out and be like, wow, this, I don't care about anything she's saying.
0: Wow. That feels oddly reminiscent of when I hang out with you. (laughs) Hmm. Makes you think.
1: You better not cheat on me though, Rafi.
0: Oh, so Maria was Mexican.
1: She was not. Why would you say that?
0: Because her name's Maria and she lived with her parents.
1: <laughs> you don't know that Maria is a normal name. Not saying being Hispanic or whatever would be not normal.
0: I've never met a just, non-Mexican Maria. No kidding. Yeah, that's weird. So she was just a plain old white lady.
1: Plain old white lady. Her mom was a special needs teacher. Her dad worked uh, for a a paper mill.
0: Did she ever, like, tell them that you guys were going to get engaged? Or did she ever come out?
1: Eventually, they... Yeah, she came out when we were dating. Uncomfortable, by the way.
0: I can't imagine why. (laughs) Um, Did your mom tell her that hasn't she ever thought of
1: AIDS?
0: (laughs) That is literally my favorite thing. And if I ever meet your mother, God forbid... Because I will probably say that to her.
1: She might be coming out for the festival.
0: Oh, please. come! On. Is your dad coming?
1: No, they were both intending on coming. And then I think my dad has work stuff come up. So my mom might come out by herself or with a friend. But that's up in the air.
0: We talked about the stuff with her parents. So, I mean, the next thing that I wrote down, kind of related to having kids, but uh, was that, she had a dog named Rocky that passed away at the beginning of this month. And I know Allison could relate. I, I had to look up her Instagram to see this picture that they were talking about. Me too. And it is seriously great. Go to I Am Kulop on Instagram or just type in Kulop and she pops up. But it's a someone drew a picture of Harris Whittles and Rocky in heaven. And there's an ice cream like buffet or an ice cream bar in the background. And I guess that comes from a Farts and Procreation episode of Comedy Bang Bang. Um, And I haven't listened to Comedy Bang Bang or... And I really... Unless there's like a guest that I know of. But I really want to hear these because I hear that Chelsea Peretti and Harris Whittles are on them and that they're like the most hilarious thing. But this picture... Like if I wasn't a dead emotional uh, soulless monster, I probably would have cried because it's just a great little picture What did you think of it? (laughs)
1: Um, First, I didn't know that Chelsea and Harris were on Comedy Bang Bang. I've never listened to that podcast either. I tried watching one of the episodes, and it's just not my sense of – it's not my – like, I'm not crazy about it.
0: Um, The the show on IFC is very different from the podcast, I think, but maybe it's the the same. But it's just like an improvised comedy show, like – Mm. They just do bits for the whole thing.
1: Mm -mm. Knowing Chelsea Peretti is on it makes me want to give it a listen. Um, Yeah, so of course I went and I looked at this picture, and I thought, first of all, Rocktober was a really cool idea. Like, props to her for coming up with that. Um, But I... Yeah, I mean, exactly what Allison said. Like, the looks on their faces, like... The person who drew it did a really good job of like encapsulating just glee coming out of the both of them and of course it was um super sad but I actually just re-listened to that episode in preparation to talk about it because I had listened to it you know a while ago um but I think that um what I loved about this conversation was how stripped down I felt it was like both like on both sides, just how pure it was in talking. Cause of course, like Allison, um, knowing her story, like you can just imagine how much compassion she was feeling for Kulop through all that. And it was just fucking heartbreaking. Um, And that's just something that stuck out to me when I listened back is like, that's some, this is podcasting that you don't hear anywhere else, folks. (laughs) Like not a lot of people go there. And uh, I thought that was really special. And it reminded me of this one time that uh, Drew, I think Allison was on Drew's podcast and Allison was talking about how like Empathetic and perhaps too empathetic, she would be with like people who are sharing their stuff with her. And Drew was saying how, like, you should just sort of express it but not take it in. Like, maybe you know, show it, like, express your eyes that you're feeling compassion but not actually let their story into you. Which I don't think he said it in those words, but that's essentially what he meant. And he said that it wouldn't be healthy if it were any other way. But I actually disagree with that because that's not compassionate listening. If you're just not letting it like really hit you where it's true. And I, and this was a good example of Allison really going there with her. And, um, and I think that the, the permission to do that is Right particularly speaking to what I, what is my like Buddhist and I'm not Buddhist, but I go to a meditation center. I am pretty knowledgeable in Buddhist philosophy and stuff. And that is what compassion is, is being there and holding those emotions with that other person, especially if you can relate. And I thought it was beautiful and I'm not a soulless monster, so I could feel it.
0: Right. So, um, (laughs) I, so obviously, you're. It took me a second. We said Drew's podcast. I didn't know you meant Doctor Drew, mm. but um, I think it's. She was diff- on
1: the. Plug she, by the way.
0: She was on his show recently. I'm not a fan of Drew that much. Like I am, but I'm not. It's weird. Um, that episode in particular, I didn't think was very good at all. Um, I feel like if I'd never heard it, it'd be the same as when I, I did. But um, anyway. I feel like it's different for him because of his line of work that he can't right. let it in. Cause you will get compassion fatigue, but right. with Allison, it's very different. And thank God that she does because that's what makes her show so great. Um, but yeah. yeah, I, they're like the people that like tell Allison, Oh, it's just a dog. Get over it. And stuff like that. Those people can go fuck themselves because I know people who are like, I love my dog, but if like, I'm not going to like cry about it or whatever. It's like, then, I mean, yeah, you love your dog, but in a different way. Like, you're a different type of person if it doesn't affect you like it does Allison. It, like, obviously, because you're a different type of person, that's why. Mm-hmm. But those people who, like, don't, oh, you're still talking about this? Like, right. Fuck yourself. Allison was talking about going to a life coach, and I wonder if that's the same Jen that she had on for that episode. I feel like I it think- might have been.
1: Yeah, I think it was.
0: But she said, imagine Oliver sending you your little boy. And that part was like super emotional. And like, I don't believe in that kind of stuff really, but I could kind of picture it. And I, and I feel like, um, like I know she's talked about it on like the Patreon episode about how they love the name Oliver, but they kind of don't want to name their kid Oliver because there was already an Oliver. But I feel like that would kind of be a good name. It kind of fits.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I think if they weren't so public, if they weren't public figures, they'd probably name their son Oliver. I feel like it's more weird because all these people know it's their dog. (laughs) You know what I mean? And there's all this attachment to talking about Oliver to a public audience, but I feel like if they were just, you know, in Omaha, Nebraska, and they were a couple, they'd be like, you know what? Fuck it. I like the name Oliver. But um,
0: this could lead to some very weird situations if like they're talking about when Oliver died and someone's like, your son died, right. you know, like,
1: <laughs> right, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. When they talked about. Um, I mean, you mentioning, you know, Oliver sending like that requires you that would require in order to I was surprised that Allison connected with that only because of her agnostic and or atheist beliefs. Cause if I was told that I'm just not connected with that. Cause that requires, um, believing in that kind of connection in the universe, like th- almost like a heaven, like not almost like, like that's, that's basically saying Oliver is an angel in heaven and this baby is an angel somewhere. And, um, I was, it's, course it was beautiful but I didn't connect with it and, and it, I was surprised when she told me that that she did but I think when you're in, in grief um, like I feel like frozen for instance is something that I clung to very heavily when I was grieving very heavily um, and actually when they were talking about the death of their dogs the only relation of the feeling I really had was through breakups because Allison said like, it's like your heart gets ripped out of your chest. And I don't know that feeling except for even through death, like my grandpa died, I've had dogs die. And I actually haven't, I haven't felt that way. Um, But I know what feeling they're talking about. Um, But yeah, I think the, the spiritual aspect was not for me. Oh, but yeah, but when you're grieving, it's like, you need to be soothed by something and i feel like having that connection even if it is your outside your realm of realm of belief like um it's helpful in those tough times to to have those kinds of thoughts
0: okay um yeah i think maybe it's like my Catholic upbringing that, even though I don't believe it, that I can still kind of relate to it. But yet again, I would not be doing my job if I didn't ask. You were grieving a relationship, and Frozen helped you with that?
1: (laughs) Oh, yes.
0: Who were you dating? And what, like, did it bring up in you?
1: Um... I was dating this girl named Monica, we were together eight months and she was my first relationship out in L.A. So it was about a year and a half after I moved to the L.A. area was when, um, and she was my last relationship before Amanda. Uh, if y'all don't know, lesbians, where are you at? I'm on the market again. Me and my girlfriend broke up. Um, but yeah, I watched Frozen about a month After the breakup. And it was the first thing I can remember that actually made me forget about it. Like I was so deep in grief and loss and pain. That there honestly would not be five minutes where I did not feel the heaviness of it. Um, And then the part about Frozen like letting go and being free and stuff like that and like being yourself and there's there's a lot of projection there like i basically took from it it's funny like you speaking to that today when i watch frozen i'm like wow i was projecting everything so much because i don't take it as taking it as face value like i can today that's not the movie that i watched when i was in grief but i feel like i was trying to cling to something. And something made me forget about the breakup for an hour and a half and was with these mixed messages of like hope and moving on and letting go and being loved and also um, feeling like you are so broken that you can't love. Like, let me get into Frozen, everybody. So the imagery of Elsa when she's – having all these feelings and the room is being frozen. For instance, after the parents die, we've this together, Rafi. I know what you're talking about. I know you know what I'm talking about.
0: It's the part where um, you get a lady boner for a cartoon character?
1: Nope, that's a different part. That's just That part is just pure pleasure. But the part I'm talking about is when the parents die and Anna goes to Elsa's door and tries to get her to go to like the funeral or something and Elsa's inside. And you just see the ice everywhere. And you know what that means. It means that she's like feeling something. Like the symbolicness of her extruding all the fucking shit from her fingers is I'm feeling stuff. And it was just a visual of like the pain that she felt. And that resonated with me. I'm like, yes, I'm in my room. I'm cold and alone and it's all feelings. And I can never ever let myself feel again. That's what it was.
0: Okay. Good to know. These see, Moving on. We should talk about the Thursday show. She opens the show by calling us her little Boston baked beans. And I don't even know what that is, but it sounds cute.
1: Oh, Boston baked beans are candy.
0: I thought... Are they little red candies? Yeah. Yeah, I thought that's what they were.
1: What the fuck? Well, I'm going to just be like... Fully transparent here. I didn't remember that that was the carb. There have been for the past few weeks some repeat carbs, and I was hoping that somebody would say something on the BFF fan cast, and nobody did.
0: I was not on the last one, so you can't blame me for that. I know, but um, usually, was a repeat. yeah. I you know what that actually yeah. Come to think of it, that's a was it a specific kind of pop tart though? No, it was it just pop tart. Okay, yeah. we shall let her know that. She is terrible for repeating (laughs) carbs. Um, So back to the Thursday show, you went to film school in Wisconsin. So I wonder, do you know what a Matthew Barney film is? No. Okay, I had to Google it because... I I didn't look that up. I was curious. But he's like an artist who occasionally uses film as a medium. And he makes some weirdo movies. But um, I was hoping... I I knew there was a slim chance, but I was hoping maybe you're like, oh yes, we studied him in weirdo avant garde art class in film school, but no such. We luck. watched
1: some weird. We watched some weird avant garde shit. Uh, I'm just googling him now, but I he is not ringing a bell for me. Miranda Judy was somebody that we looked into, and also. A film that is a half hour of slowly zooming into a chair. That's fucking true.
0: That sounds fascinating. (laughs) It wasn't. What what kind of chair was it?
1: Just like a wood fucking chair. Ah,
0: wood. Interesting choice. I think that would have to do with the director's uh, family you know trees come or what okay. <laughs> comes from tree if i don't know what the fuck i'm for talking
1: sure some about deep meaning there yeah
0: then elson plugs the patreon uh they just she mentions that they just uh recorded the last live facebook um thing live stream i guess um and she mentioned that it was almost like two hours long and that you know she should maybe be leaving people wanting more i don't know about you but as long as they are, I will fucking sit there as long as I can, you know? Same. Um, no complaints from me, but the if you're not a Patreon subscriber or patron, you should be. They are definitely worth it, and you can pretty much ask whatever you want, and it's like mm-hmm. a private audience with Allison, essentially.
1: Yeah. The live stream, I was really surprised that she went as long as she did, and I was getting a little nervous that I would have to split my time between the Packers game like, that's the only reason why I was like, please, please now, like, oh God. and this, because I'm going to have to share my attention between both of you. And also, like, I was getting Instacart delivered, so when she asked me a question about the Hollywood Bowl and how I found, how I found out about it, like, I lucked out that I heard her ask that question, because the Instacart dude was at the door and knocking, and I just happened to also hear it, her say that in the background. But yeah, I'll... I would sit there for 48 hours if she were to have us.
0: Just strap on the diaper and the feed bag and go to town. Well, so it's funny that she mentions that she feels like two hours is so long because her Ustream show was every week and it was three hours. Mm. But, I mean, it was so different because now it's like her and Daniel. But in in New York, it was like friends would drop by. There was Dustin all the time. Jenna would stop by. Mm her friend Corinne, and occasionally Trap Dog would come and do songs, and they had so many segments, um, fan phone call. So I know it's different, but, I mean, if she starts incorporating some of those things, I mean, which who's going to complain?
1: That would be cool. And I don't know about you, but the first live, I got this feeling more the first live stream than the second one, but I got really sentimental about the fact that, like, now it's, her and her husband, and she's pregos because I feel like the live streams from back in the day, like, you know, a big part of her story was like how she was single and how long she was single. Um, and I feel like reaching out to the Allison audience, like, sort of filled uh, this is my own like psychoanalysis here, and I guess I'm reaching to from like part of my experience when I like go on a road trip and post a video of myself or something there's a bit of like a loneliness factor where it's it's like now she's got a family and she's live streaming and i'm like oh the journey it makes me sentimental
0: yeah you're right um yeah and with corinne she had a segment called the dating experiment the next thing they talked about was that she went to her doctor and she gained 10 pounds so i i have like kind of a skinny frame but i kind of, like, feel fat sometimes. I, I really shouldn't be saying these things. um, And so, like, because I'm kind of skinny, you can see the fat. Um, So if I gained 10 pounds, I would definitely notice. But I know how she is with her weight. But when I saw her at PodFest, she's just, like, a dainty little pregnant lady. Like, she's not fat at all. So mm-hmm. it's so funny. But I wonder, do you relate to that also? Relate to what? Well, like when, when her doctor told her you gained this much and like, just, she's like freaking out about it Uh, and like, I need to take my clothes off before I get weighed.
1: No. Well, I mean, I don't relate to that just because I haven't, I've been losing weight lately, actually. So the last time I did get weighed at the doctor was during a diet where it recommended I don't keep track of my weight for whatever reason, but that was just part of it. So I went to my yearly woman's exam and got weighed and I did manage to be try to stick with the promise of this diet and like not know like not weigh myself so I was looking elsewhere but she ended up telling me at the appointment like oh you've lost 10 pounds since you've been here last time I was there in May I've lost 10 pounds since then and I was like yeah but um so that was like the better side of this but About her just, like, gaining weight and about this in general, this is kind of weird to say. But part of me feels, like, satisfied in the way that I feel like I know Allison. Like, I feel like I really know who she is. Because this is exactly, like, we had so long to, like, fantasize about what it will be like when she's finally going to be pregnant. Because she was on the IVF journey for so long. And one of the things that I thought about is like gaining that weight is going to freak her the fuck out if I know Allison. And I remember the first episode where she started to really go into it about like buying maternity clothes and things like that. A little part of me was like, I fucking could, I could call this from, you know, a hundred miles away that, that this is the conversation that would be happening right now. Um, so Allison is being Allison and, and that, you know, she it's, it's not a surprise, but, but it's just, it is also sad because It's like, you're pregnant girl. Like, let it be.
0: Right. And because we can see her, we're like, you're like, totally normally She's sized. She's normal. yeah. yeah. But I mean, I know I can relate in different ways of like how, I mean, I feel like I am. A better person now but I still I'm like oh you're a piece of shit mm. <laughs> but um yeah I I kind of wanted to talk about this I didn't bring it up with Ashley um because I was like I kind of don't want to talk about it because it's a bad thing for Allison when she she talked about the fan who was upset that she mentioned doing a pregnancy reset during the live pod fest recording because mm-hmm you know, to say, you know, I'm pregnant, I'm not fat. And she's like, yeah, because that would be so terrible. right? But fortunately, the fan and Allison had like a little back and forth where they could kind of understand. And I'm that way too. Like, I'll say terrible things about myself, not even thinking of how it could affect someone else. Because you're like, I'm talking about me, like not you at all. Like, I'm not even thinking about you. (laughs) Um, That sounds terrible as well. But um, I don't know if you had anything to say about that.
1: Uh, yeah, I I had, I guess, the, the epiphany when she was talking about it. Because, of course, we know how she feels about herself. Um, so I don't think about how it could be coming across. Like, I don't feel like she's speaking to the concept of fatness at all when she talks about it. Only because I'm so aware and in tune with how she felt about her own experience. Um, But I kind of had an aha moment when she talked about it, which is like, oh yeah, people could definitely perceive it that way. Um, And that's good though, that Allison didn't just get like defensive about it and uh, you know, that the interaction turned out to be, you know, something that ended up being positive or everyone's like, you know, um but yeah I think that sometimes because you know Jenna's not rail thin or anything she's not fat but she's not you know her thing is food and like junk food you know there's there's no mystery in that so I sometimes think like I wonder how it makes Jenna feel to to hear Allison talk about like but I would have a feeling that, again, Jenna probably perceives it the same as I did with these comments, which is, that's Allison and her story. That has nothing to do with her idea about being fat at large. No pun intended.
0: When they were in Vegas, um, they went to see Cirque du Soleil. They saw O, but more importantly, they saw The Beatles' Love, which I believe is at the Mirage Hotel. And I am dying to see the show. I I know I only talk about rap music on Twitter mostly, but I am obsessed with the Beatles, and um, I listen to this, or I used to listen to a podcast that is actually a radio show that I think is actually out of Vegas called Breakfast with the Beatles. They do like two hours every Saturday or Sunday. Um, it's just like a Beatles radio show, and they just play songs around a certain theme, and they have like interviewed um, George Martin's son, who I think his name is Giles, who like did all the music for uh, the show. And like, he would talk about, you know, like, oh, we just replaced all the speakers and like the seats are arranged in a certain way, like to get better sound. And it's like really fascinating to me. And I'm super, super jealous that they got to see Love. I asked Allison during the live Facebook stream if she cried because I know she is right now crying at everything so I knew she would say yes but the song that I uh mentioned specifically was While My Guitar Gently Weeps because in the love show it's a very different version of the song from the White Album it's got it's just like George acoustic and he changes one of the lyrics um And that's like the only differences, but in the love show, there's like also orchestration. Um, But that's like my favorite song because I love the original and I love the acoustic-y version. Um, But she said the song that she was like the most emotional was Blackbird. And she didn't know that that was a uh, like um, race relations song, which if like me, you're a Beatles nerd, then you of course knew that. But how do you feel about Blackbird, the Beatles, love, anything else related?
1: I went to Las Vegas once with my mom and wild time. No, it wasn't. Um, and we stayed at the Mirage, which is where the Beatles thing is, but we did not go to that one. I'm not super familiar with the Beatles, to be honest. I'm, I'm, I am I'm. love Hey Jude, Um
0: that's so funny.
1: And, and like, I know their hits, but I can't say I'm a big Beatles fan. I like Revolution. Revolution is probably my favorite, actually. I love that song.
0: So, really quick, when you were at the Mirage, like, when did you go? Because I think Love has been going on, I think, now. 2006,
1: like... 2006 2007.
0: Okay, I was going to say, I think, I think Love is, like, in their, like, 10th year or so. Um, so, that would make sense. It was funny because we... When I recorded with Ashley, which, again, I'm so bummed you guys are not able to hear that. Um, But we were talking about, like, how Pavement, um, when they talk about Pavement later, um, how, like, you know, she she knew of Pavement, but she didn't know that that was, like, their big song. And I told her, yeah, same with the Beatles. Like, if you ask someone, like, what's, like, the big uh, Beatles song, they'll say, like, either Twist and Shout or Hey Jude. And to me, those are not, like, their big songs. They're no. Like, they're, like, well-known, but to me, they're, let like, it be. songs. I would, yeah, I would say Let It Be one. is popular. Yeah. the most but, but to you, but to me, those are songs where I'm, like, yeah, if you're, like, a fucking, I listen to the radio, and that's where I know the Beatles from, that's the songs you pick. But if you're, like, me, and you're, like, which are, like, the dopest fucking songs, like, they're never going to be mentioned by mm. the casual fan. Yeah, listen to Blackbird, listen to, so if you're, if you, like.
1: I'm sure I must have heard Blackbird. Like, I feel like it's probably popular enough where I would know it if I heard it. And I just didn't know I've heard it.
0: Should I get my guitar? No, I'm kidding. Um, If you are one of those strange people who's never heard the Beatles, don't listen to Love. Because it's, I mean, go ahead and listen to it. Because it's like their greatest hits. So it'll give you a good idea of their music. But also, it's not the best representation of, maybe it is because it is like a greatest hits. Are you on YouTube? Yeah, we're just gonna let Megan discover Blackbird. It's a great song.
1: Oh, I with the first four seconds, I can recognize it. Yeah, of course, I've heard this.
0: When I was trying to learn finger picking, that's the song I chose, and mm. it's Ooh, that's such not a easy. great song. It's R&C actually Guitars. he's not a real finger picker, so it's actually pretty easy. If like we're who's talking, he? who's the guitarist in Paul this McCartney? song? Paul McCartney. Okay. Oh, my God. Who's he, the guitarist on this song?
1: I don't I don't know if it was John Lennon or, I don't
0: know. Nah, John I know George black.
1: is the drummer. <laughs> or George not. is
0: the guitar player. Or Ringo, Ringo, Ringo. Ringo is the drummer. Oh, my goodness. Great, great. Do you know who Stuart Sutcliffe is? Never of heard you of him. course you one. don't. Okay. So, Greg was talking about, um, they were talking with Greg about whether he prefers, like, a big show or like more of a stripped down performance. And so I recently took my nephew to his first concert. He's 13 and he wanted to go see Drake and future. And because he had like no one to take him, I was like, of course I'll take you. And so like, it was a big show, you know, there's like flamethrowers on the stage. There's, you know, like during hotline bling, all these like purple balls came down from the ceiling. And cause we had really good seats, surprisingly they were like very close and like, they're like going up and down and changing colors. And Drake is like going around the stadium in this like elevated platform thing. And so like, we were like pretty close to him and it, I think it was a really good show, like for a first show for my nephew. But at the same time, you know, when me and you went to go see Haim in like a relatively small club and it was the best show ever. The most fun I've ever had, and it was amazing. So what do you prefer, like this big Beyonce spectacle or like a stripped-down acoustic on a stage thing? Mm.
1: Well, I have... I mean, it just depends, I think. It can feel intimate in a big stadium. Per the live stream, as Allison said in the beginning... Um, I went to go see Sia this weekend and it was amazing. And her whole show was performance art, so as she does, she was just off like at the I almost never saw her because our seats were way off to the left side of the stage, facing the stage. We were off to the left to the point where she was kind of cut off from us because she was in the back. Um, but there were. Like, that dancer, Maggie, I don't know how much you know about Sia, but the dancer that sort of, like, represents her art and her performance art was dancing out front. Hollywood Bowl, by the way, if you're ever out here and there's a show going on, it's not going to be until, like, next fall or spring that, that happens or next summer. Um, but it's fucking huge and it's amazing. It's all outdoors. It's my fav- my new favorite venue since I've been there for the first time a few months ago. Um. And, and it felt really intimate just because of the content of the performance. Um, so I can't say I prefer one over the other. I know when I was the most into music, um, it was just all about getting up as close to the front of the stage as possible. So I'd be in like these smaller clubs, you know, four foot, 11 and three quarters of me, 20 years old, like, just getting hit in the head by all these people, like in the middle of everything. Um, And yeah, I think it just depends. Though Haim was the best.
0: Yeah, so it's funny that you mentioned that because I wanted to ask about your Sia experience. Um, Like, I've listened to her album, one of them, like a few times and like, but it's like... Which album? Um, the one that has like the big like chandelier, like the hits on it, whichever one, the fear of flying or something. Is that a
1: thousand fears of fear?
0: Okay, (laughs) if you're flying, that's so funny. Um, but I've been wanting to go to the Hollywood Bowl. Okay, so yet again, back to my Beatles nerdery. The Beatles performed at the Hollywood Bowl, which is why I care about the Hollywood Bowl. And I forgot that there is like they call it Bowl season, right? Mm -hmm. And um, so the only thing that I can equate it to is the Beatles also performed in that same like tour period, um, 64, 65 ish. They performed at Red Rocks here in Colorado. And I've been to Red Rocks and it is a beautiful, magnificent place to watch a performance. But I mean, there are like no acts nowadays that are like that amazing. Like the Beatles, um, obviously, You know, there's like also not a million screaming girls. So you can actually hear what's going on. But I really do want to go to the Hollywood Bowl. I think we can agree that big shows are cool, but stripped down shows are also cool.
1: Can I just give Blue Man Group a chance too? (laughs) because I also saw them. I saw Cirque du Soleil when I was in Las Vegas. um, And I also saw Blue Man Group and I like them. And I I want to um, clear up what Al said. And this is just based off of a moth episode that I heard of Blue Man Group. Because they said that they were plants, the people that got chosen. I don't think they're plants. I think that they are people in line that get notified or that they ask. Um, like, for instance, when I was at uh, – when I was in Disney World, there was a part of MGM Studios where, like, we were in line and they, like, pulled us out. That doesn't mean we're plants. Like, we're still audience members, but we got chosen. There was a moth episode about uh, someone getting chosen who had a disability, and the guy talked about his experience, like trying to accommodate this, and it was, and ended up being like a really beautiful story. But I don't think they're plants, Al. I think that they're just like they are, they are, they're audience members, but they work it out before the show. But also, I liked it. I liked the Boo group. Um,. Yeah,
0: it's it's not for me, um, but I prefer... You're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> um, I was going to say a line from Arrested Development, and if you've seen that show, you probably know which one it was. Um, But no, a lady on Twitter did write to Al to say that she got picked and she was not a plant and she was eating Twinkies on stage. I don't know what that has to do with the show, but um, I will never find out.
1: Okay. Yeah. I. I mean, I was only assuming off the moth episode that they were that there was. If he thought they were plants, I'm like, okay, there's probably some middle ground where they arranged something beforehand. But maybe they also just aren't plants and they pick them randomly.
0: Um, I was gonna make a Seinfeld reference that hopefully they don't steal your borrowed coat from the Friars Club. But Lisa's not here, so I'm just gonna say. on me.
1: But Lisa, (laughs) I hope you enjoyed that.
0: Do you know Pavement's famous song? Do you know of Pavement even?
1: I know that the word Pavement is a word and that they're a band, but I did not know this song.
0: Okay, so I don't know of them either. So, I mean, what did you think of the little clip they played of the song? Because I don't think that's the kind of band I would listen to. It seems like that was not for me.
1: I dug it. I, I was surprised I didn't know it because the majority of the cool music that I learned came through a friendship I had with someone you're going to meet at In This Together Festival, I'm Amber. I grew up with her, and she has she had very eclectic and cultured taste in music for being a teenager in a small town. Um, so she introduced me to a lot of cool music, cool music, and I was surprised I didn't know it. Can I say something? quick that i had in my notes that i wanted just to give props to jeff for the oh drop just in general his drops for this episode were fucking insane like i thought this was jeff's time to shine yeah he was so spot on so many times i made note of a few others that i hope we can call out later But after she talked, after Allison talked about the, oh, Cirque du Soleil and they played the harmonizing Jenna and Allison drop, I was like, that is fucking perfect.
0: You're right. I think I missed that on the first listen, but on the second listen, I heard it and I was like, ooh, that was a good one. Um, He's amazing that way. Yeah. Um, So I don't know if you've ever done this, but um, Greg... Greg uh, had a hit-and-run incident in his 1984 Subaru GL. And that, to me, was kind of funny. um, Just because of, you know, he didn't want to talk about it, but then he talks about it. This is like with him and Ayala. He's like, oh, she's going to kill me for saying this. And then he goes on about it for five more minutes. Um, Did you have any thoughts on this situation? Have you ever been involved in a hit-and-run?
1: It reminded me of something... That I certainly would have done with my friends because growing up, um, drinking and driving was like the hobby of my small town. Like that was just the plan was we drive around with the 24 pack of beer. Um, And the only thing I have similar was not a hit and run, but it was the night I got my DUI coming back from Cinco de Mangria, as I call it, Cinco de Jail Time, um, where I rammed somebody at a stoplight because I was being distracted, uh, texting the previously mentioned Monica for our first date that I was about to go see her for, and we, and I hit the back of a car, and I got out and made sure everything everybody was okay and tried to exchange uh, information with the people I hit. And then realized he was calling the cops, and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to take off now, but rest assured, this will get taken care of. I gave him, like, my license number and my phone number and started driving the fuck away because bitch was buzzed up from the mangria. And um, and then I got pulled over by a cop, and then I got a DUI. So kind of a hit. It wasn't the, it was like a hit and a chat and a run.
0: <laughs> so It was like a
1: civilized hit and run.
0: Not only are you taking a sleeping pill, you're taking it with your second glass of wine. This, this is, is how my people life, die. baby. Rest in peace, this Pimp C. But, you know, I would have of, died
1: literally 600 times if this is how people die.
0: You know, that's what drug addicts think. They're like, ah, I can shoot up some more smack. I've done it a million times. Hey, that's not slap, funny. Slap, 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 slap. Death.
1: That's not funny. Harris, what
0: Oh, RIP, of course. Um, but I'm telling you, like, I don't like that you take these pills. It's even I worse you that don't. you're it's taking them you. with wine. What does the label say, Megan? What do they recommend uh, you take them with?
1: No clue.
0: Would you think that it says a second glass of wine?
1: So this... How you feel inside of you right now is how I feel when you're eating days-old meat sitting out.
0: <laughs> okay. Since I came back from L.A., I've done that four times. And each time I want to send you a picture. Because I'm like, look at you this should. poultry that's left out overnight that I'm going to devour. Look okay. At
1: this. So then we're even. I feel that way about your meat eating, wasting away meat habits. And you feel this way about me and my wine and my sleeping pills. So I we're
0: morally like, even.
1: I feel like one of them is much more
0: dangerous because one contains no, chemicals. No. And one is no. natural.
1: You eat meat? That's just gathering maggots? No. That's not okay. Gathering maggots? Megan, I'm not E-coli, eating it. e I bitch!
0: But E-coli. I, put it, I put it in the microwave and that kills it. Oh. <laughs> we gotta this should be like uh uh we want to hear from the fans on this one but i'm probably gonna edit this all out um so the next thing that i wrote sorry let me reset then i like thing, that i
1: call you a bitch i don't call people a bitch i feel like i talk to you only like i would talk to you like i don't call my coworkers a bitch
0: disrespectfully and Maybe. like you don't care about me at all Like, when I talk about you to people, I'm like, okay, okay, so me, you know, the day me and Matt went to go uh, get breakfast or whatever, I was like, I'm sorry I'm bringing Megan up so much. He's like, oh, it's totally fine. He's probably like, he is soups in love with Megan. And I'm just like, you're like my best friend. And I talk to (laughs) you, uh, or I talk about you to like my friend Josie or whatever. And it's like, not as weird, but I don't know. I, I talk about you with the utmost respect. And when you talk like about me, you votes. call me bitch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's like the way that, uh, Walter White or that, uh,
0: Aaron Paul's that, character, uh, Jesse
1: talks to Walter White. It's like lovingly.
0: Okay. Like you're Got my meth
1: partner, bitch.
0: Okay. I will let your girlfriend die <laughs> in a pile of vomit. Then if I ever yes. see that, um, so the next thing they talked about was, <sighs> "What now, Megan? What now?" That was funny. Was it? Yeah. I don't even know
1: what I said, but you—you you said, "Then I'll watch your girlfriend die in a <laughs> in, a pile in of her own moment. vomit." If I ever see that. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> this is a shit show. <laughs> let me tell you, we're at two forty-eight, and we're not sure even there.
1: Is happy at it in pal?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I haven't had to edit one this long in a much while.
1: Much
0: love. So the next much thing, much love,
1: but...
0: can you let me please let me talk?
1: Yes, your Majesty.
0: <laughs> I'm <laughs> trying to make this editable, and I need <laughs> silence
1: when I'm I done. I'm when done. I introduce. I'm done.
0: <laughs> so the next thing they talked Seriously, about very quickly was politics. And I don't know if you want to get into the political part, but the funny part I'm that sure came do. from it was hug the Quancy, the Q man, and Q Monster.
1: Q Monster. I loved the Q Monster a bit.
0: Um, I was telling uh, Jen on Twitter, shout out to Jen, that I when I hey, see hi. when I see Daniel at Podfest, I'm gonna call him Big Papa. And I totally forgot.
1: Big Papa?
0: Uh, that's Biggie's nickname. It was a you'd have to know the combo we were having to know why, but anyway.
1: The combo um, you were having with Jen or the combo you were having Jen. with Dan?
0: Okay. Um, so, how do you feel about uh, Hug the Quancy, the Q Man, and the Q Monster?
1: I love the Q Monster. Um, I wrote down that it was another perfectly timed drop by Jeff. Uh, where he dropped D-quants on the snappy after he said hug the bushy, <laughs> um, and I guess the political aspect. I feel like I'm turned off by the fact that people want to consider this politics. To be honest, right? Like this is not politics. This is Donald Trump is the biggest fucking douche piece of shit. Nobody should be paying attention to him or taking him seriously. When I see him on the television in a a debate, I just want to scream to the universe, like, is this really happening? So I get why people don't want to get into, quote unquote, politics. But if you fucking support Trump, get off the fucking love bus, bitches. See, everyone's a bitch now. In case that was edited out, edit that out, because they won't know why I'm calling people bitches. But anyways, this isn't politics. Donald Trump is not politics. He is a joke to humankind, mankind, and especially to the United States of America. Um, But yeah, you can say that freely, please. Say that freely.
0: Right. So, I mean, I don't want to get into politics much, but... I also find it, it's like laughable that this is a candidate. Like, mm-hmm. I can't imagine there ever being more of a landslide victory than what I assume is going to happen here in a month. But, but then again, I think, is that because of where I live and the people that I know, the people that I talk to? Because I'm yes. assuming in certain parts of the U.S., maybe it feels the other way.
1: Right. I mean, you're right about that. I know that when I went back to Wisconsin for my grandpa's funeral, I was talking to my cousin by marriage um, and sort of forgetting where I was like in L.A. nobody's on like literally nobody is on board with Trump. I can't I'm sure there's like three people in this city like that are on the Trump train. But um, I went back and was like, can you fucking believe what's going on with this shit? Like, to my cousin. And this is back when, you know, I guess Donald was running and seemingly getting close to being considered as a candidate. And my cousin was like, you know what? It's a fucking joke. It's weird. But I just don't agree with the word the guy says. And I'm like, oh, right. This is what... Who I was in a small town atmosphere, um, in a purely white like upbringing. I do remember the small mindedness I came from, and I can't deny that that's a small mindedness that I used to like embody because I didn't know any better. But then I left and I learned about the world and I learned about why like the world just isn't like how it's not just a bunch of white people and why it matters that, you know, people should be able to come into this country and pursue their dreams no matter who they are. Um, so yes, I am when I think about where I come from and the people that I knew and who I used to be back when I was a teenager, before I knew anything about the world, I'm like, yeah, the people who are isolated from diversity and, uh, from, I mean, mostly diversity, because the bigger issues are culture, really, like in race. And in isolated small towns in the Midwest, you don't find diversity. And you just talk about people as if they're an other. And it's easy that way, because you don't have any contact or reference for these people in your real life. Um, so yeah, I know who the Trump people are. and it's terrifying because it, I. it's just a lack of, it, it's a lack of like awareness, honestly.
0: Right. Which why to me, it's so weird when occasionally I'll see a car with a Trump sticker and I'm like, there are a lot of black people here. There are a lot of Mexicans here. There are plenty of Asian people. So I'm like, who are you living with that? This is like still to you, something that you're like advertising on your car you know what i mean and even if you agree with like i don't know maybe like hey i like him because he's gonna build this wall or whatever or he's a businessman so you know he's gonna create jobs disrupt the system right
1: yeah yeah but
0: the fact that you can ignore all the other shit like the fact that he's a fucking moron and can't complete a fucking <laughs> thought, let alone a sentence. <laughs> yeah. Like, are you watching the debate? Like, apparently not, because he's not saying anything. Like, Right. And the fact that they lie so blatantly. Like, they'll post a... I don't know if you saw this, but his son, Trump Jr. I think posted a picture of the Cavaliers outside of their stadium after they won the NBA final. And he said that that was them in like Arizona last week at the Trump rally. And then there's like literally Cleveland Cavaliers. That's fucking hilarious. Like everyone's wearing their jerseys. It's like an aerial shot. So it's tough to see, but you can see the colors. There's like a banner hanging of the Cavaliers. And he's like, this is the turnout for Trump. Yeah. And it's like, you really think nothing of your constituents. Like Mm. you think these people are so moronic that they can be this easily duped. And apparently they are. That's the scary part.
1: I was just going to say that is like, they're betting on the fact that people are, and it's true. Like there are a ton of pockets of the United States where people are uneducated. And, um, and I, I don't know. This election is... I've unfriended four people since the Pulse shooting. I unfollowed my own blood who post pictures of, like, my little baby cousins that I miss seeing because they're so pro-gun and I, I can't deal. Like, as I've gotten to find my own people who don't have those beliefs, it's been such a safe zone for me and it's felt so nice. Um... And I guess it's probably not the best to just ex-nay people out of your digital life based on gun control issues and based on, um, like politics, but Pulse was so personal for me that like, it's just kind of what it was. I was like a raw nerve operating in the world, which didn't help. Um, but, um, It's just not politics as usual, and that's not a surprise to say. But this is, like, I feel like what it's brought, what what I'm seeing and what's been hard for me is that people who aren't, like, pro-Trump and who are just anti-Hillary, I feel like they are pro-Trump. Because guess what? A Green Party is not going to win. I don't care what you want. And the result of Trump becoming president with people actually being kicked out of the fucking United States, supposedly, if he was to get what he wanted, God help us if he could, which I don't think he could, but if he could, like, the stakes are too high for, you know, Muslims and for Mexican people to, to humor a Green Party and to fucking hate on Hillary. Because we all know there's two options. It's Hillary or it's Trump. And I do feel like a vote against Hillary is a vote for Trump even if you're voting Green Party so that's mostly what I've been seeing as my feed is people being like Jill Stein man and I'm like can't you see how important this is and you're fooling yourself that's a privileged vote if you can vote for a fucking Green Party um and that's gotten me uh, into some fights on the Facebooks
0: yeah we skipped this with Ashley because neither of us cared much but the snack chat with the Bomba, do you want to talk about uh,
1: that I was intrigued. I mean, I don't have a ton to say about it, but the way that they described the flavor, I was curious about what that would be like. And they said it would be an item that was at Ralph's, so I considered, like, staking that out next time I was there.
0: I thought they were talking about the black and white cookies that were available.
1: Oh, maybe. I think to
0: get this Bomba stuff, you'd have to go to one of those israeli bakeries if there are them i don't know
1: right oh darn it okay i thought they were talking about the what they were snack chatting
0: maybe i'm wrong maybe um maybe you're right i don't know
1: can we talk about i don't what are you jumping to uh greg leaving nut allergy what happened to you we're getting into it
0: okay so when i was in town for podfest and i mentioned it in my facebook recap of podfest that we decided like, one day we were leaving somewhere and we were like, oh, we're kind of hungry. Let's grab something quick. And we were driving by the Kung Pao Bistro, which they had just mentioned on the episode with Jensen I think it was Sunday Clark.
1: night after the Dodgers game.
0: Okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. So yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, we have to stop in there, obviously. Because the way I put it on the Facebook recap is we're psychos who can't do anything that's not Alice and Rosen <laughs> yeah. related. So we stopped in, we grabbed, uh, I think I ordered Kung Pao chicken and then you ordered the beef thing that Daniel said was mediocre
1: mm-hmm. and
0: we got those things to go. Which it we, was. We went back. To, yes, it absolutely was very mediocre. Um, we took a picture of the screen cause you tweeted hashtag Kung Pao Bistro, whatever A-R-I-Y-N-B-F and you took a picture I did, of the screen like, Yeah. when it popped up. Um, then we went back to your place. And I started eating it, and I'm allergic to certain nuts. Uh, There are some that will possibly kill me, and some that just cause me to break out uh, in hives. So as I'm eating this, um, I thought I was eating peanuts. And this was very foolish of me, because you looked at it and immediately said that that was a cashew. And I said, let's go get some Benadryl. (laughs) And fortunately, across the street is a Seven Eleven. We got well, some the, the lead up
1: to it though. There was some lead up to that because you were before I discovered it was a cashew. Because I went and checked, but there was you saying like, "I think, I think I'm having, I think I'm getting a rash. I think my throat is closing." <laughs> <laughs> and and then we started talking about this potential allergy use reaction situation. And then I confirmed, yeah, that's a fucking cashew laying atop this chicken.
0: So the last time that I had one of these was with pecan crusted chicken, which I'm not allergic to pecans. So I'm assuming they were mixed. Like, you know, it's like, oh, this was from a factory that handles other nuts or whatever. I think that was like a cross-contamination issue because I've had pecans after and I've been fine. But um that one was like really bad because like my throat was closing for real Z's. Like it happened could...
1: really fast.
0: And so this one was not as scary, but my throat was like burning and scratchy. And we went, got the Benadryl, popped it real quick. It was like probably like a in within ten or fifteen minutes of me eating it. So I was like not too worried. Um but then I did feel like I was gonna throw up after which would have probably been good, maybe. Then the Benadryl started kicking in and I got sleepy and Megan was checking on me to make sure I wasn't dying, which was very kind of her (laughs) because I was just like, I'm sleepy.
1: Just making sure he's not dead.
0: Right. You're like, you're like Rafi, Rafi. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, these drugs are putting me to sleep. Let me sleep. But Mm -hmm. I'm glad that you were making sure I did not die surprise i did not die had
1: to do it yeah
0: um but yeah thanks for bringing that up Um, no
1: props it's what it reminded me of so i had to bring it up
0: next thing they talked about was as we all know greg is leaving the show he's possibly getting a new job what are your thoughts i mean we all love greg right
1: yes um so first and most brief thought that i'm getting out of the way is there was this part that i thought was really really funny maybe it's because I went to some AA meetings in, in my day. Um, but when Allison read the letter and then Greg read the letter, he started reading it and he said, hi everyone, it's me, Greg. And Daniel said, hi Greg, (laughs) like an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. And I fucking laughed and I'm like, that was uh, Daniel, Daniel and Jeff, Like, we're so on for this episode, I felt. And that was one of Daniel's, like, like, uh, unappreciated moments, I feel.
0: Right. So, that part I also heard and thought it was hilarious. Daniel and Greg are, like, or Daniel and Jeff are, like, low-key humor. Because they're, like, often, like, they just kind of jump in really quick. Right. But they are so fucking funny. But go on.
1: But I guess the rest, I mean... Honestly, like, it doesn't affect me or you that much, I'm sure. Because we've always been here. We're going to be here. Like, people are going to come and people are going to go. And it didn't sound like he, like, we're never going to see him again. Like, he'll be back. It'll be fine. I'm going to listen either way. Um, Yeah, I feel like a lot of people's grieving is probably harder than mine. Because I'm just like... What, like, I love Greg. i I don't think that you can replicate this. Like I know Leanne. Hi, Leanne, top commenter Leanne, have been loving your Facebook posts. You know, she's talking about, and all the fans, I guess, are probably wondering like, who can replace Greg? Like you can't replace Greg. He brings something really, really unique to the show that I don't think you can um, replicate. But that being said, like I n- have never turned into a Thursday episode and been, you know, disappointed. Um, so, like, I'm cool with it. And and plus, like, Greg's not a performer. Like, I feel like Allison and Jenna and both their counterparts, like Daniel and Alan, like they, you know, are performers. And this is. Allison's career for one but for Jenna it's like a marketing opportunity I don't know if she gets paid to do the show or whatever but like she's a performer she needs to get her name out there there's something behind that kind of commitment that is I would just part of what their career is so it makes sense that um you know Greg's not a performer he doesn't have an ambition like to be in the spotlight so he he just kind of wants to live his life and the fact that you know every monday for i mean the podcast is nearing a couple hours long but you know i know where he lives he lives in like venice you know where that is probably a little bit from being around here like the drive from venice to where he's recording the podcast back to venice that's like a four that's like 4 hours out of his day so i certainly don't blame him and if if i weren't you know, in the career of being a performer, it would be, I would be fucking, it'd be hard to catch me every week for two hours, you know, somewhere where it's an hour drive away to be there every week, like, in perpetuity, like, forever, so... So I get it and I'm okay with it.
0: I agree with everything you said. I mentioned this like in a few episodes back, I think that I thought the next person who would leave would probably be Alan because he's like, I'm not a performer. Jenna is, you know, I'm just here because Jenna essentially, even though he's great on the show, they, but yeah, like you said, like, I mean, remember when the Bowboy boys left? Did I say that right? Boy, boy, (laughs) boy. When the Bobo boys left, you know, (laughs) there was a time where we could not imagine how is this going to continue, you know? And same thing with my favorite guy, Dustin. It's like people come and go on her show. And like everyone says, you know, we trust Allison's judgment. And no matter what, it's going to be a great show. Like I've said before, if it's just her and Wendy, I'm still going to listen. So Mm. I do feel like it doesn't affect us as much, but... Um, I can see how, like, for a more casual fan, this would be more devastating.
1: Right, right. I get that.
0: And and you mentioned this kind of, um, but Greg said that he lives a selfish life. And kind of going back to having kids, I feel kind of the same way, because I'm going to be doing something com- coming up in the next few months, where, you know, I am essentially putting my job at risk to do things that I think are more important. Um, for whatever reason, I don't know how you feel about that, but I relate a lot to Greg. Speaking of happy, wouldn't we be happy if Allison did a Christmas spectacular?
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Nothing mm-hmm. more to say. Wait, wait.
1: Um, yeah. <laughs> wait, I told her, I'm like, Hey, I, after all this fucking festival, like organization experience I'm getting, I told her on the live stream, I'm like, I know how to organize events like you just let me know and I remember um the first pod fest that she had I remember talking to her and she was saying how she was wishing that she could get ducklings to come out and I'm like Allison I will get you ducklings and I looked into getting ducklings and by the way ducklings are only born in the spring which is where the term spring chicken comes from So I reached out to I could get her ducklings like I'm I'm definitely still going to look into it if she ever comes back around and asks for it. But ducklings can really only be found in the springtime because that's when the mating season is. So she would have to schedule it. Anyways, that's about ducklings. Bottom line I'm here for you, Allison, if you're listening to to organize all of your Christmas spectacular activities.
0: I mentioned this on the recording with Ashley. If she does a Christmas spectacular, it cannot be in California because they have no winter, so I recommend you' could do it sh- at the grove fuck the grove in their fake ass <laughs> snow
1: and yeah, the there
0: come we're going to talk about that later. Come to Denver or I guess better yet go to New York, where there's an actual winter as well. But you can't do a Christmas spectacular in a place where it's going to be I like agree with 69 that. degrees.
1: I agree with you.
0: And she likes the cold. She wants to go ice skating. I mean, yeah. come on out. We have uh, frozen ice. Frozen yeah. ice. We have frozen water that we can walk on. That's pretty much all I had to say about that. But I also I thought about ducklings and getting them. And I was like, there's got to be a way. This has to be super easy. And I totally forgot all about it. Are you ready to move on to JMO's?
1: I have a few things. Oh. Do you do you know the Golden Girls? Because I'm about to ask you what Golden Girl you think you are.
0: Okay. I I only wrote down the the Golden Girls thing because Greg mentioned this was during JMO's. He mentioned that him and his girlfriends, their nickname is the Golden Girls. And I don't know if I told you or Lisa this, but you know the the picture of us at that hungry wolf place or whatever? Hungry Wolf? Remember when I first met Lisa and the three of us had dinner at the angry cat or the hungry cat Oh the cat. hungry cat. Yeah. yeah. Um whenever I see that picture up on my little mantle thing, I think the three amigos, like that's us. I don't I don't have a nickname for my other friends, my groups of friends, but that's why I wrote that down. But I've never seen the Golden Girls. I've <sighs> just heard their theme song because I edited it for the Thank You for Being a Friend segment for Lisa. I think
1: you're a be- I'll say for the Golden girl, girl fans out there, um, I would say that Rafi is a B Arthur, but that's just me.
0: So a, a Dorothy. She's the angry one, right? <laughs>
1: uh, yeah. I mean, if if someone is the angry one, I would say she's the angry one. Okay, yes. she's
0: like the little one with glasses.
1: She's the tall. She's the tall one. No, that's Sophia. I don't
0: that's, know that's that. That's Greg's character.
1: Dorothy is B Arthur. Uh, the tallest. One that on the show was kind of known as being the least attractive one. So, you are Dorothy. Um, you. I've always identified as Rose. Just Is for she the probably.
0: Betty White character? Betty White, of yes, Of course ma'am. you would say that. Yeah. Um,
1: but, by the way, I have been a Golden Girls fan since I was in high school. Way before it was cool to think Betty White was cool, I had a box set of the Golden Girls that I used to get high with one of my friends and watch the golden girls. And it was funny. Cause he was like a super like goth, like punk dude. Uh, so I am Rose. You are Dorothy, which, 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 uh, golden girl are you guys? Let us know. And then I have, and then I wrote down, I don't understand penis face, but I don't understand penis. Rafi, do you know what this is about? when she's describing penis face.
0: I mean, I know what she means or at least I think I do, but when she mentions the skin of her nose being penis-like, that I don't get. I only have experience with the one penis, so maybe they're different, but I I don't know what she means when she talks about her nose skin being penisy.
1: Gotcha. Another thing I wrote, and this is the last thing before Jamos, how do you feel about Carmelo's and how do you feel about Rolos, or what kind of of experience did you have with them?
0: (sighs) Carmelo. I got to see him in his last season with the Nuggets play against the Lakers, (laughs) and that was before he went to the Knicks. I'm not a Knicks fan, but Melo the God. He's married to Lala, who I used to watch on MTV and be like, damn, shorty's banging. But Carmelo, he's a cool guy. I mean, he's he's forever, he'll <laughs> be a nugget to me. And he's kind of into watches, but, like, not cool watches. Like, I need to I help him. I
1: am so sorry I asked.
0: What? What? Why? What do you mean?
1: Well, the candy bar, but, you know.
0: Oh, I've literally never heard of it. Wait, you've never heard
1: of a Carmelo candy bar?
0: Is it red and has yellow writing?
1: It it has. It's like brown, but also red.
0: I'm gonna look it up. Wait,
1: you've never heard of a fucking Carmelo? I haven't seen them around, so I wouldn't be surprised if like they were not really a thing anymore. But I also don't get candy bars really. Oh, it's oh Carmelo Anthony. It's (laughs) our Google timing is.
0: okay it's not i mean maybe you could pronounce it carmelo but it's caramello and i've always
1: pronounced it carmelo
0: okay but do you pronounce it caramel or caramel caramel okay that's why i've seen it before i've never had it but it looks
1: kind of looks kind
0: of good but also i'm not a big candy guy anymore i'm more into salty
1: sure i mean i'm not a candy gal anymore but That's because of dietary restrictions and not because of my taste buds. Fucking caramel's are the best. The caramel is the perfect consistency and you just chew off the back end. I don't know who's with me out there. Rafi's never had this, so we're on our own here. But you, like, you nosh off the back end and then you have a pool of the caramel and a cup of chocolate and then it's like, God, fucking help me. It's so good. Um, But... Also, Rolos. I haven't seen a Rolo for a long time. Have you had a Rolo?
0: I've had them, and they're good, but with, like, caramel stuff, because it, it has, like, a nougat or caramel inside, right?
1: Yes, caramel.
0: I don't like it because it sticks to my teeth, and I feel like this is going to rot my teeth. Like, so I try to avoid caramel stuff, but it is mm. good.
1: Yeah, I'm with them when they say that the quality of the caramel in a caramello is better than a rolo because in a rolo it's more like um, tacky, chewy, tacky. Yes, and um, and it's a caramello's superior, but uh, rolos are also a dad candy. Like I, they brought that up in this episode where like my dad used to eat rolos or whatever. They did they. Is it them that? Yeah, I think Um, they did. And I was like, "Holy shit, you're right!" Like pistachios and Rolos are are foods that I associate with my dad.
0: So, are you ready to move on to JMOs?
1: Sure am.
0: Which JMO did you pick?
1: From Lane, I enjoy holiday seasons more than I enjoy actual holidays. Christmas movies, decoration, food are better than the holiday itself. Well, I will be Raphael if I did not have an epiphany when this was told. Because do I ever love Christmas? I love Christmas with all my heart. The last two Christmases that I've had in this apartment, I've thrown Christmas parties and I've went all out. I've made penguins made out of olive and cream cheese and carrots. I've made, like, Christmas... Rice Krispie treats that are like dyed red and green. And I love, love, love prepping for the holidays so much. Um, But this very tweet made me realize like, holy shit, it's the day is actually just always like, all right, well, open up presents. So that's cool. and I never really thought about that before. Um, so, yeah, this was life changing for me. That's, He's right.
0: That's interesting. I, I would agree with that. I'm not big on um, holidays. And I think that's because I have so few family members. But, and we're all like very separate doing our own thing. I, I wish I could get into it like other people do. Because I think, like Daniel, I have a hard on for community. I wish that I had like a Christmas tradition. I wish we had any of that. But growing up, holidays were just not a thing for us. Because why would my parents celebrate these holidays that are mostly American?
1: Where do you go for Christmas?
0: I don't. But last year I did visit you don't? my mom. No, I did visit my oh. mom last year, but because she she will make tamales. She? She's like. 10 minutes away, 15 minutes. Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. Oh yeah. She like, she'll make tamales. If like, we, we were like, oh, are you going to make tamales? She's like, I can, if you guys want. And then like, we all like drop by on like separate times whenever we get a chance. And then we just like eat a bunch of tamales and get some to go. And then, you know, that's like our little ritual now. But, um, last year also, I did do a Christmas pinata that I got the, I stole the idea from Jenna and it was a Trump pinata Because fuck that Mm -hmm. guy. And that was actually really fun for me. Except for like it was like none of our friends were there to break it open. It was just my best friend and his siblings. Um, Because also it was like super cold and snowing outside. And you know I can't break this pinata in my apartment. So that's the only place we could find with a tree where you know we could do it. Um, But I did have like M's mix in bags.
1: Right I remember that.
0: I put Isn't a bunch it? of other candies in there, and it was really cool. I don't know if I'll do that again, I mean, probably not, just because it was like kind of ridiculous, but I do love the idea. I love that Jenna's family does it. Yeah, that was a pretty good jMO The jMO that I picked was from someone who has quite a high batting average when it comes to getting jMOs on air that is brow advisor, shockingly still only six followers, a very underrated uh tweeter. Um, she said, have an irrational fear of looking out a window at night and seeing I'm someone sh- staring back at me.
1: I'm so glad you picked this one because that's. I was torn between that one and this one.
0: Okay, and also Ashley picked it. So we're like really all, maybe because of Halloween coming up, we're all thinking the same thing. I picked it because I don't, I live on the third floor. So when I look out the window, there's not much, but I can understand how horrifying it would be if you look out and see a face um but yeah how do you what was it about this jmo that you like
1: i think the part that stuck out was that allison because like she's talked about having morbid ideation before um and that she can identify with that it was really surprising to me that this was something that just occurred to her because i i could have like, just the way I experience life, I'm like, everybody must think this. Because I've definitely thought, like... And Jenna's example of, like, doing dishes and having a window, like, right out there is a fucking perfect example of this. Um, but I feel like at some point, everyone must have had this. So that kind of caught me off guard that Allison was like, this really freaked me out. Like, I bet she would have just been like, yes, 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 a thousand times, yes. Um, so that's kind of crazy to me that she's never had this but i mean yeah i mean at, at least a handful if not more i've been just like that'd be fucking crazy
0: indeed that would be yeah fucking crazy <laughs> <laughs> um i guess that's as good a place as any to end this marathon episode
1: you don't want to you don't want to do like four hours four and a half hours five hours set the record
0: Uh, You took your pill, so I'll go as long as you're conscious. Thank you
1: for acknowledging that because I'm in my heart of hearts. I'm like, yeah, I'm probably going to really just knock out real soon.
0: You look like you're um, ready to collapse, if I'm being honest. It
1: started hitting me, I think, a little bit, if I'm being completely honest.
0: Really quick, I do want to talk about something that is Allison-related, but not show-related, kind of, um, to these episodes at least. You went to the Grove, and you found Abigail, the little piglet, I and you are now did. sponsoring her.
1: I am.
0: How much... You told me... So, I'm... Okay, so, really quick. I was texting with you and Lisa that I've kind of fucked myself by making the candle... By being and awesome. ...and by making the shirt. Um, I don't know what the next thing I can make is. I am constantly trying to think of ways to help her show not to toot my own horn, but I also was the one who suggested the lapel pins. I try to connect her with Jensen and now he's been on the show. She's been on his show. So I'm, I'm always trying to think of stuff. So I asked you and and Lisa for ideas and you're like, Oh, I'm sponsoring Abigail. You can do it after me. And I was like, that's not exactly (laughs) how I thought of helping the show, but I'll, I'll gladly do it. But can you just like really quick talk about your Abigail sponsorship?
1: So Abigail, um, I tried to seek her out the week that they talked about it at the Grove because I passed it on my way to work and on my way to the beach in a fucking surf now. So um, I had learned that she was there on Wednesdays, Saturdays, and Sundays for anyone in the uh, L.A. area who wants to go visit her. She's near the farmer's market end. Um the first time I looked for her, I checked at the girl band and she is not over there. Um but yeah, I had I forget who the person was on Twitter who um tried citing like where Abigail came from and then Allison ended up posting the website, which is Sanctuary Oh fuck, I don't know how to pronounce this. At soul dad. So sanctuary. I think
0: it's Soledad, but Soledad.
1: Soledad. So Sanctuary, A T S O L E D A D.org. She had posted that website, and I started, I clicked on it, I started poking around it, and it said you can sponsor animals um, and specific animals of your choosing as well if you wanted. Um, and I was like, how could I not do this for Allison after? Uh, her talking about how much she loved it. So if you go to sanctuary, s a n c t u a r y a t s o l e d a d dot org, and you click on donate, you'll see it says donate or sponsor an animal. It'll list it's list it lists all the types of animals they have. So like horse, cow, dog, chicken, turkey, blah blah. blah. Pig is thirty dollars a month, and you can specify which animal you want to um sponsor and it provides it with like food and everything and this piggy is going to be a big piggy so i can't be the only one sponsoring it people um so i put in the donation and i told them to do it in allison's honor uh and asked them to email her and to let her know and they say that they'll send like a picture and a little write-up of the animal and i'm like send that to her instead of i um and then I went and visited her the day after I sponsored her. And she is so cute. Like seeing her in person is something else. I mean, everyone knows a baby pig is cute and you can imagine it. But oh my God, she was napping the whole time. And, and I, I told the people there that I was the one that like emailed them to sponsor her. And they tried um, having me feed her a bottle. And she was not hungry, and that made me sad. But I will continue to visit little Abigail Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday at the Farmer's Market at the Grove. Um, And if anyone wants to continue the chain, 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 for Abigail, (laughs) wine, it's wine at this point, it's just all wine, what I'm saying, Um, chime in and donate for for this little Abigail because Allison loves her and she is honestly the cutest little piggy you'll ever see in your life. Okay,
0: I'm I'm really glad you said that she's there Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday? Correct. Okay, because on Monday after the weekend after Podfest, me and Matt were hanging out getting breakfast and he wanted to go to a place at The Grove. And if she were there on that Monday and we missed her, I would have felt like a real scumbag, which I did mm-hmm. when I before I knew when she was there. So I'm glad that mm-hmm. you said that. I don't feel as bad now. Um, we still had a great breakfast. Um, yeah, so everyone can get in line after me, apparently. I'm next to sponsor Abigail. And really quick, I want to mention at PodFest, I wrote about this in my uh, recap On Facebook I spoke with Mike Mitchell of the Doughboys podcast and I continued my campaign to have Jenna on Doughboys talking Mm -hmm. about Portillo's and then I followed up by sending the email to the other host Nick Weiger and I yet again have received no response not surprising but anyone out there who listens to me or, or listens to me who listens to this show or Doughboys, tweet at them. It's, I believe, at Doughboys Pod. Their email address is DoughboysPod at gmail.com, I believe. I should have probably checked before, but it's on their Twitter. They're easy to find. Campaign for Jenna because she would be great on their show. Um right now they are doing Rock Lobster Fest, so but once October's over, we can uh possibly have jenna on and again ashley so fucking sorry that the dumb thing didn't record we have to have you back on ashley and i had um we had talked about her situation with ms and everything and i'm so bummed because she was getting emotional at the end talking about it but motherfuck me you can still donate uh the ms walk is coming up in two weeks i believe so go to underscore underscore Ashley and donate to the MS Walk.
1: If you're not sponsoring Abigail, you better be giving money to Ashley. Or if you're not giving money to Ashley, you better be giving money to the Absters.
0: Perfectly said. Um, thank you so much, Megan, for being on. You know I love talking to you. Oh,
1: Rafi, it was my honor.
0: And again, thank you. And I'm so sorry, Ashley. This is what happened when Lisa leaves. It It's a shit show. A four-hour long shit show with two hours that get deleted.
1: Don't leave this don't leave this precious commodity in Rafi's hands, Lisa. Get get home soon. Come home soon.
0: Thank you all for listening. If you want to be a part of the show, email bffancast at gmail.com. Make sure you follow Lisa on Twitter at JMO's and Support Allison by clicking through her Amazon banner. You can buy a t-shirt. Support her on Patreon. Maybe pretty soon there will be a new t-shirt design. Um, You can still purchase the L.A. Podfest live stream for a few more days, uh, for a week or so. Um, Use the code ROSEN for $5 off. And if you want to be on what used to be called BYOF, Bring Your Own Friend, it is now called Thank You for Being a Friend. You can also email or tweet at Lisa.
1: Thank you for being a fan. Fuck. It's okay.
0: Thank you for being a fan. See how I do that? (laughs) Um, And that is all. Thank you can, for... I, can I mention one
1: more thing? Can I mention a plug?
0: Oh, yeah. Your ITT Fest, maybe?
1: I want to plug... Um, if you are going to purchase something through the Amazon banner, um, they talked about astronaut ice cream this episode. My ex-girlfriend was a space nerd. So for each... Uh, like, like an anniversary and Christmas and stuff, I got her astronaut ice cream. Go through Allison's banner uh, and... Buy some astronaut ice cream. It's actually fucking fun. And it's good. You wouldn't believe it. Okay, Go buy what, it.
0: what is it? Is it Dippin' Dots? Because that's mm, what I imagine.
1: No, it's... Honestly, the texture and look of it would be like getting styrofoam. Like a styrofoam brick. But you chomp on it and it ends up melting in your mouth. It's like dehydrated ice cream so i would say kind of like dipping dots if it were in a brick and weren't cold because it's not cold go get it everybody and it's affordable and it's fucking good i'm telling you it's really good
0: thank you all for listening goodbye
1: goodbye We talk, gently we... Oui.